I am Tom Frain from The Stranger, and you're listening to Sonic Perspectives. For joining us, I am Brian Massa, contributor at Sonic Perspectives. Today, I'll have the pleasure of interviewing Tom Frame, singer of the Australian progressive metal band The Stranger, which is set to release their second album called Kaleidoscope on April 9th. So, Thomas, how are you? I'm very good. How are you? I'm also doing fine. Thank you. So, Tom, four years have passed since that debut album, The Stranger. Out. How would you describe the evolution you have had as musicians individually and as a band collectively? Well, four years is a is a pretty long time, and over that time we've had uh, a few lineup changes. But absolutely, the uh, performance and sort of instrumentalization of this album uh, it tends to uh, tends towards a sort of more, I guess modern retro sort of trend in uh, music at the moment like uh so as a group we've all sort of uh collaborated collaborated a lot more on this album we're all sort of uh leaning on each other's strengths and uh and adding in new things that we all like together so that's like the introduction of some synth parts uh more condensed songs uh we I mean, on our last album, we had multiple songs over six minutes. I think our shortest song was like 5.45 that was a full-fledged song. So on this one, we've really tried to uh, edit ourselves down a little bit, uh, really get uh, better, more well-constructed songs rather than just sort of music that sounds really proggy and cool. What we're aiming for, I guess, is to have people like really engage with this and not have to you know, sit through 11 minutes of music. Not that we don't love doing that, but it's just sort of our growth as musicians uh, is tending more towards songwriting rather than sort of uh, showing off our musical prowess. And like individually, that has affected all of us because, sorry, I hope the road isn't too noisy out there. Um, individually, I guess we're all, uh, we're all in a, slightly different place than the first album uh with that album it was very we'd go off everybody would write their song they'd come back we'd tweak it a tiny bit and then that'd be it <clears throat> but now like we're sending each other stuff all the time for us to work on in our own practice our own sort of uh imaginariums if you will um and yet it's affected us in in a profound way and especially during this whole lockdown period we've just had so much time to you know get to grips with um our own sound which has been really really uh, a positive experience in a rather you know negative international crisis okay man so i found interesting how your sound has changed overall and that you got the chance to be more active on the songwriting and also with a lot of insight from the band is that correct that's right yeah um so i mean for our first album, I got the songs as they were finished, and then I would go away and do the uh, the lyrics and stuff like that. But now we're all sort of we're getting together, we're going through parts, uh, and yeah, we're really like uh, 
crowdsourcing it between ourselves to make sure that we're doing stuff that is aesthetically pleasing but also really fits our sound and really evolves our, our band and our, our dynamic as a band. And uh, it's great because it's also brought all five of us closer together in the process. That's right. For everyone to keep this uh, evolution through your albums, and especially on the second one, to get insight from everyone, is that's amazing. It's, it's, I think it's key to actually having a successful band that moves forward and continues to evolve and change and grow and doesn't just, you know, Uh, rely on the same things that people enjoyed in the first album. And I mean, it's risky. It's, it's a risk take because we're moving, you know, out of what we were comfortable with on the first album. Yeah, I agree. So Thomas, could, could you comment on how the new album began to take shape? Well, um, so, uh, obviously, uh, like I mentioned with our first album, a lot of that was sort of leftover riffs from other projects that we've been working on. Uh, the first song on this album came in the form of uh, the track Jungles, which we've been playing live for quite some time. And it started off as, very, as a very, very meaty, sort of groovy prog track. And uh, it, it was sort of kind of flat a lot, uh, like all the way through. So we started adding a few extra dimensions uh, with the synth and with these sort of uh, radio effects that lead into this heavy section in the middle. And that sort of idea of blending these... Uh, Uh, different sort of audio techniques of like uh, song transitions into sections as well as um <clears throat> as well as the idea of adding synth in is sort of where the genesis of all this started and then we move on to the next few songs that we wrote after that three or four of them came out and the synth just really naturally slid into the sort of riffs that we were creating we kind of got this really great uh like retro 80s vibe which has obviously come back uh in the last five or six, ten years, whatever, really strongly. And uh, we love those those sounds, those synthy kind of um, musical bands like, you know, Perturbator, Nighthawk, uh, Laserhawk, sorry. And um, so we started experimenting with that. Uh, and then one song that we did is almost like a complete synthwave track. And that was like, okay, that's the limit of this new sound. And we want to suffuse sort of our heavy proggy side with this electronic Uh, feel and sort of new way of kind of uh, audio techniques. That's so cool because the music is full of different dynamism and it's complex, so it portrays also complex concepts. So Kaleidoscope presents relevant issues that affect us as human beings, like the psychological damage provoked by social isolation to the physical harm we experience derived from the effects of climate change. So could you explain the reason why you deal with these type of subjects? Oh, absolutely. Um, uh, so I, I usually try and explain these through a contrast with that first album. And on that album, I have a lot of songs that are very personal to me about my, you know, my own emotional and personal growth and stuff. But it was always sort of cloaked under this, uh, I don't know, pop culture kind of reference sort of thing. Like there are a lot of themes on this album that we in the first album but we sort of just scratched the surface so when it came time to write this um i guess i was in a more uh sort of serious point in my life uh when it came to actually penning these lyrics and a lot of a lot of what musicians do is catharsis right we want to we want to be able to get these thoughts out in a creative way that then satisfies us and gives us this breath of relief that we're able to realize the emotions inside and 
what was strong to me about the first album was that I was able to accomplish that, but it didn't really translate into the music. So when it came to this, uh, this album, I really wanted to press home these things that are important to, uh, I guess, not just me and not just our band, but also to our generation and maybe the generation uh, ahead of us and before us as well. Uh, things like, like you mentioned, social isolation, um, change and satisfaction in your life, um, dealing with, you know, your own uh, mental, emotional instability and uh, trying to find like a resolution to all of these problems. Like, so obviously 11th hour is our climate change sort of, uh, uh, not anthem, I'd just say it's a, it's a bit of a protest song. And it's, it's just got all of those things that we feel of, of like, of anger and distrust and sort of losing the past and having it swept away by industry and it, it's just uh, it's just communicating those emotions that in, that are inside and i feel like just doing that more honestly coming from a very uh realistic standpoint and not trying to cloak too much of that emotion in lyrical wordplay or you know uh fantastical themes that go over the top of it more honest more impactful statement from us as a band there's also a compound of sci-fi elements on, on the album yeah could you absolutely. also talk about those please yeah certainly i'm a huge fan of sci-fi and our retro sort of theme leads into that and our whole concept for this uh, uh album was the like it's a kaleidoscope things are constantly changing and we wanted to have all these little sort of scenes from song to song of some sort of at least references to some sort of like uh hyperbolistic world as we see it today so like uh, in 11th hour obviously like the world we picture there is one that's cracking and breaking and falling apart um <clears throat> and uh we convey that through like the lyrics and the emotion of the song excuse me just one second <coughs> um uh so yeah it's just uh Yeah, I'm not sure what else I can add to that. Uh, it's, yeah, it's um, the, the sci-fi elements, I guess, uh, they're sort of just like a jumping off point for me as, as a lyricist, as well as like uh, that sort of element of synth in the music gives me like a good reference point of like, if it's dark, I have the, you know, that sort of seedy, big dystopian city where everybody's just a minute cog in the machine sort of feel that really dark synthwave feel um and all i can do is picture sci-fi really in the context, like and it is such a great way to explore these themes i, I guess of, of like you know what is coming in the future what is you know the next shape and shade of our society and our you know existence um sci-fi has always been there to sort of explore that through those themes all the way back to like the 20s and 30s when it was first being penned, you know, our exit, our existence in the grand scheme of things. And so I guess a lot of this, from that sort of sci-fi perspective of extrapolating trends that happen now and seeing what my mind creates with them in the future. And uh, for a lot of them, especially things like uh, 11th Hour and The Gemini, which will be released uh, this week, uh, it's, it's not an overly... Uh, Uh, optimistic view of the future and I think that's where a lot of the emotion comes in with the lyrics is that you know through this sci-fi lens 
we're looking to the future. Things don't look that great, and so we're now putting up resistance. Well, I mean, actually, it really translates these concepts with the sound of the music. Considering that these are personal themes that you have experienced, could you tell us which song has the major emotional impact on you? And, and if so, could you say which one is and why? Absolutely. Um, uh, it's hard to choose just one. I, I'll give a special mention to uh, both uh, Kaleidoscope and 11th Hour here because they're both things that I'm extremely passionate about. 11th Hour, climate change, obviously. Kaleidoscope, you know, finding that calling in life and going after that and being happy. But to me, the real like one that I fixate on with this album is the Gemini, and that'll be released on uh, Friday. It's uh, it's just about this this whole idea of groupthink that sort of happens at the moment with social media. And we sort of like on some of these platforms were like drawn into this almost hive mind behavior where we're all just sort of emulating everybody else's response in an attempt to sort of stay in the crowd, stay accepted, uh, stay relevant. And a lot of the times we don't stop and think, or at least some of these societies and communities, they don't really stop and think about the impact and the nuances of, you know, where they're going and what they're doing and how it's going to affect, you know. I do think it does have these very negative, uh, you know, uh, connotations and these negative aspects that people find themselves drawn into and I've, I've never really found myself drawn super into that until you know this lockdown thing and then I'm I'm just constantly frustrated by everything on on social media I'm constantly seeing information that that makes me uncomfortable and that you know uh that is is contrary to you know rational and logical belief both scientific and emotional and it really is just about trying to uh uh put into words my my own separation and desire to separate from that sort of one narrow path of of what is and isn't right or wrong sort of thing i um yeah i, I feel very strongly about that track and also just lyrically and vocally it is a, a fantastic song to perform i love it so speaking of the vocals, you achieve a really interesting contrast between the guttural parts and the clear voice. So how do you decide what should be each technique? Uh, well, I guess when it comes to songwriting, I, I, I start with the bit that I know is going to be perfectly fitting the song. So I go through the entire thing. And sometimes that will start with growls. Like if I listen to a song... And there's obviously this very chaotic, hectic part in the middle of it. I'll, I'll probably start by, you know, trying out some growls, trying something different every now and then. And it really is, I guess, just a negotiation process throughout the entire song of like, well, if I put these, these harsh vocals here and if I put these clean vocals here, is it going to really tie this song together and build up to a, a really satisfying payoff in the chorus? Or is it just going to sort of just fizzle one note growls the whole way through? And luckily, I, I have some excellent songwriters in The Stranger to help me out with that. And there are a lot of times where we sort of disagree, like, no, this section needs growls, or no, I don't want growls in this song. But, you know, like I mentioned before, with that collaborative songwriting, everything just comes off naturally. And I'd, I'd say there's a very good balance of, of different techniques. Um, Leading over from the first album and uh, uh, and then 
new ones that we've we've sort of come up with in the second one like that sort of those pitchy yelling vocals in kaleidoscope is something we've never done before i've never done before uh, i was just a huge sort of fan of like those gajira style the ocean style sort of vocals and i thought that needed just that really like desperate not singing singing would be too clean growling would be too harsh sort of thing so we met in the middle and we tried that over and over again until we got it just right so it is just a lot of trial and error and just sort of being sensitive about the i guess the the texture and the dynamics of the song overall speaking of the artwork i actually find it fascinating it gave place to a lot of interpretation so i would like to ask you what is your interpretation about it well The uh, the art, which is fantastic art by our resident artist uh, Chris Mangos, it's it's uh, so obviously like the the sci-fi theme is there of these portals going through each uh, each little landscape there, and we kind of came up and brainstormed with these ideas of like what what is each song in like a landscape? What is it in this future world that we've been sort of extrapolating from what's going on now? And we came up with themes for that and. The way I view it is that we're we're sort of on this constant like path forward. It's got all these different like shades and colors to it, and some uh, vast empty open spaces uh, like the eleventh hour and Gemini. They're these sort of wastelands. Jungles. I I almost picture it like one scene to another scene to another scene, and it's uh. No matter how you look at it, it's always slightly uh, twisted and warped. And that's sort of the kaleidoscope feel that we're going for, I think, is those different shades and uh, textures of, of color just sort of changing and morphing around one another. Um, we, we explore this a little more in our kaleidoscope music video where the song changing and the colors and everything evolving, the images, uh, oh, sorry, the music as well changes. And I, I think that is our. our driving force for the for the album art is that we want it to be like not a homogenistic uh a homogenous image that is just the front cover art like we did sort of with our first album we want to be able to identify each of these scenes as something independent and unique and that's why we've ascribed all this different artwork to it this time instead of trying to just stay static um it really just just does try and paint this colorful picture of each of these songs Even though the album is not strictly conceptual, since it is called Kaleidoscope, I can find all this cohesiveness between the artwork, the themes, the music. So how would you relate the analogy of the Kaleidoscope to the music portrayed through the whole album? So um, I, I like to picture the, the CD as the lens and each of the songs as like those different color wheels that, that, um, that sort of move and change. So with our first album, um, I feel like, and this might just be me being distant from the music as music as an art, as the artist, um, there wasn't a lot of uh, tonal and like emotional changes throughout that album. It was all very like linear, like uh, emotionally and lyrically. And with this album, I feel like what we've done is is paint these songs with really different emotions and textures like um obviously 11th hour is just this angry uh protest song but then on the on the opposite side of that we have kaleidoscope which is uh, a very very openly uh an honest depiction of 
my anxieties, depression, uh, sort of those sorts of more negative emotions, I'd say. It's, it's, it's more somber and it sort of gives a bit more of like an emotional, uh, it, it does just a bit more emotional context for what's being sung about. So in that way, I feel like each of these songs is really identifiable, uh, has a very identifiable like tone about it. So yeah, like kaleidoscope, resolution, sadness, uh, depression, um, 11th hour, uh, anger, you know, progress, uh, conflict with, with, other humans, uh, the Gemini is this very like, uh, like frustrated yet sort of optimistic uh, exodus from you know a, a a toxic society and that sort of thing. Like they they all have relevant uh, like themes that are identifiable, but the way that uh, the emotions are portrayed in those songs is very different, and that's sort of part of the kaleidoscope as well in in not just color but also you know. Like, and tone especially of the lyrics yeah the album is so rich in nuances and in dynamism so it will be pretty interesting to see what the listener gets out of it and what are their own interpretations about some of these themes yeah absolutely um i love hearing people uh come away from different songs that i've written with uh i i mean i love i love any end of of someone getting something out of our music but if they come back and they they give me a completely different thing that i had not thought of at all but the lyrics put that puzzle piece together for them and it takes on a whole new dimension of meaning for them that's i think the point of songwriting yeah i'm sure that will happen with this record oh thanks <laughs> so tom now i would like to talk about the progressive metal scene in australia the pace with which great progressive metal bands have appeared in Australia in recent years is quite impressive. Why do you think there is a reason that we are enjoying this moment or this kind of rise on progressive metal coming from your country? Okay, um, that's a that's a difficult one, uh, but I think I think I have my own speculations as to why things are going so well here in Australia. Um, number like the first two reasons. Um, Number one, I would just say that uh, we have an incredible music scene here uh, in Australia because, I, and I think it might be because we are so small that none of the genres in in Australia really geographically connect that well. Like we have a lot of prog bands in Melbourne. We have some amazing prog bands all the way over in Western Australia. What I think it is is just that that community is so close and so supportive that like you can go and play on a prog uh, a, a, as a prog band on a bill with uh, a metalcore, a doomcore, and like a pop rock band, and the crowd is there just to enjoy that music. And if they see something else, usually they stick around for it. That's what I've noticed anyway. Um, we've played shows with just. Uh, and then we come in with our weird harmonies and these long songs, but people just still stick around and they usually find something that they enjoy in it. And so I, I think that just the close-knittedness of that community is what really we elevate each other um, and it just creates this amazing sort of respect within the community where we're all able to, you know, without too much... Uh, Uh, self-doubt create great music the other reason i'd say is that we've just got some fantastic uh, uh like pr and label agencies 
in Australia that are really just busting their ass trying to capitalize on uh, this uh, recent wave of Australian music that sort of started with, uh, I guess, like, uh, coming over and becoming really big in the US and the UK and uh, bands like Caligula's Horse, that they're really they're really doing their absolute best and they're doing a fantastic job. Uh, and I think that's evident in the fact that people are noticing Australian music now. They're just doing a really, really fantastic job of marketing these bands that they see have potential and that they see have a really good work ethic. Uh, and uh, they're just trying to get them out there and, and put Australia on the map for, for all of our sakes. Um, but, yeah, I, I'd say that those are my big two reasons why it's it's still rising as much as it is. But, yeah, we, we can't forget the the people who laid the groundwork for us here in Australia, like Carnival, Cog, um, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> 12 Foot Ninja, uh, all of these fantastic bands, even going back into like the, the early thousands. Uh, obviously bands like Parkway Drive, et cetera, have, have given Australia this really nice identity of being heavy as fuck, but also not taking themselves too seriously and being unable to work with these people or anything. We have this sort of Aussie jokey larrikin uh, identity that doesn't really fly in most other places in the world where we're able to be like ridiculous and stupid and silly, but still have that. Seriously. Especially Carnival on the prog side of things and uh, those other early bands from the thousands like Parkway. So uh, yeah, we've just we've just gotten lucky at this specific point in time that the momentum is now actually really really picking up and is is rocketing off. And those are those are my reasons. But uh, for me, those are just educated guesses. Uh, <laughs> but I, I believe I believe in that. Yeah, I think you are probably right. And. I also think that since it is kind of difficult for some bands, especially those that are not on the mainstream, since it is kind of difficult for them to go to Australia and maybe you guys were missing some of these bands, I think that some of you got tired of waiting and instead you took the instruments and make this incredible music by yourself. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> that is that is 100% true. We we often have to wait till the end of some uh, very large bands tour for them to arrive in Australia. Uh, and if they do, they play, uh, I mean, uh, most of the time they play that, the East Coast and then Perth and then home, and it's four, maybe five or six shows in total, uh, depending on the band. Um, so, yeah, like a, a, lot of, a lot of these bigger bands around the place have, of course, like picked up their favourite Australian artists and, and sort of, brought them along on tour with them as sort of this this way to just keep elevating the other bands that are out there that don't necessarily have the chances. Uh, like bands like Caligula's Horse do this really well. One of the fantastic bands uh, that are with them on their label or, or around the place in uh, in the country, they take them on tour and they they earn those spots, you know. They're, they're fantastic bands. Um, and, yeah, you're, you're absolutely right that, you know, without these, without that big presence that, you know, places like North America and Europe see, we have had to kind of eke it out on our own. Perfect, man. So that will be all. Thank you so much, Tom. It was a pleasure to have you here at Sunday Perspectives talking about the release of your second album, Kaleidoscope, which is set to release on April 9th. We appreciate your time 
We wish you and the band a very successful album release. Take care, man. Thank you very much. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you, Tom. So, and thank you, everyone, for joining us at Sunny Perspectives for this interview with Tom from The Stranger. I am Brian Masso, and I will leave you with 11th Hour, the first single taken from Kaleidoscope by The Stranger, which is set to release on April 9th.